What's up, Kentucky Hikers? It's Ecstatic Mike here with your Kentucky Hiker Project podcast for Thursday, October 27th, 2022. Why am I ecstatic? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First, we just came off a great Sea to Summit day where we caught sunrise at the beach in Hilton Head and finished the day by touring the overlooks in the Cumberlands with sunset over Pine Mountain. Second, we have a great sponsor for today's show. This podcast is sponsored as in actually monetarily for reels with a Z, sponsored by Billy Hikes, technical lead at All Trails, hiker, photographer, and number one benefactor of this program. That's right, number one. All caps, lots of exclamation points. See friends, you can sponsor not one, not two, not three, not four, but five episodes or more. And while Billy only wanted to one episode for the price of five, I couldn't do that to him. I just can't do it, you know? I mean, he is out there grinding it out every day on all trails, sometimes as a technical lead, other times as a hiker, but every single day that dude is grinding on all trails. And we thank him for that and his generosity. So this is the first installment of Billy Hikes on Kentucky Hiker Project podcast as show sponsor, Acre for the Good Guys alum, and all-around outdoor love and freak show. Follow Billy on all trails at alltrails.com slash members slash Billy dash Yarush. Yarush. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, actually. That's what you get on the high-quality podcast that I have here. Anyway, that's alltrails.com slash members slash Billy dash Y-A-R-O-S-H. Or on Instagram with the handle Billy.hikes. That's Billy period hikes, if you like the period instead of the dot. And of course, this episode is benefiting Kentucky Natural Lands Trust, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to expand our public lands. We're going to help them out with a thousand bucks so they can add another acre for the good guys like Billy and me and you and all of us. They like to get outside and into the natures. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about that Sea to Summit day last week, why revisiting hiking areas is so important, and we'll follow up on the uh, quote unquote wildfire on Tar Ridge in the Leave No Trace segment. So today's feature hikes, so to speak, really more walkouts, uh, just kind of popping out to catch a view and uh, enjoy the scene. So we went sea to summit. Um, Hilton Head is a 10 hour drive for us from where we are in Northern Kentucky. It's about seven hours uh, from Hilton Head to Pine Mountain. And that means if you leave at sunrise from Hilton Head, you can be in the mountains with time to spare uh, to take in the fall colors of which there were plenty. And so we started the day at a non-tourist beach on Hilton Head, which is kind of hard to find, but uh, we started at Fish Hall Beach. And so Fish Hall Beach is not on any of the tourist maps. Um, It's on the north side of the island, kind of away from everything. It's a very thin strip of sand. Um, And I really like it from a photography perspective because you have, um, you know, some small uh, sand dunes with some grasses. And then the way the sun comes up this time of year, Um, You can capture that in the picture, which is really nice. And then, of course, it's quiet. There's not a lot of people out there. Uh, Unlike the more popular Caligny Beach, where we normally spend most of our time, because that's usually where we stay. So we took, uh, you know, took the interstate back. And then instead of uh, continuing on on uh, Interstate 40, we hit uh, I-81 North. And then a few a couple of exits up, you get off at uh, US 25E east and then we headed westbound from there and so from there you get to go through the Cumberland Mountains which is a small mountain range uh, on the western side of the Appalachians in the central area 
And so uh, the first overlook we hit was called Veterans Overlook, and this has a really nice view out to the uh, east and uh, northeast, southeast, you know, just a really nice big view. And so this is just a roadside overlook. Um, it honors the veterans who have fought in various wars, and uh, it's a really nice uh, setup, and it overlooks kind of the uh, Clinch River Valley, if I remember correctly. And so that was a nice uh, quick stop. And then from there, we went over to Cumberland Gap National Historical Park with an AL at the end of that historical. Um, I always think that's kind of weird. Should it be historic park instead of historical? It doesn't matter. Anyway, so they have Pinnacle Overlook there, which is kind of like the main developed overlook in the park. Um, and so Cumberland Gap, of course, is the gap in the mountain range uh, that Daniel Boone and early settlers um, you know, moved west. And so they were out there looking for you know, some good hunting grounds, which there were plenty through the mountains, but really they were looking for great farmland, um, which eventually they did uh, run into a little bit further west once they got past the uh, mountain range. So Pinnacle Overlook, it's really nice, super developed. Uh, that is managed by the National Park Service. And I actually kind of joked with Billy on Instagram a while ago um, that that is some National Park money uh, going into that overlook because it is so nice. Uh, metal railings and just really clean, uh, extra wide paths that are paved, handicap accessible, which is a bonus, bathrooms at the trailhead, recycling at the trailhead. Um, so it's a really nice uh, place to stop in for a quick visit. I actually like this overlook best in the morning because um, it overlooks the valley, which is uh, developed. There's farms, there's you know uh, Lincoln Memorial University, there's a couple of other things out there. Um, in the view shed and so uh, plenty of uh, man-made type things out there and so when you have the fog in the morning it really looks uh, very natural and wild and that kind of stuff um, we didn't hit it of course in the morning because we didn't get there until late afternoon but the views were fantastic you can look down cumberland mountain um, and just kind of see and so that's part of the ridges and valleys section of the appalachian mountains and so these are super long mountains if i remember right i think cumberland mountain clocks in around 90 miles in length, 85, 90 miles in length. And then of course, Pine Mountain is around 125 miles in length. And so these are big, long mountains, not the highest, not the tallest or anything like that, uh, but still providing commanding views. And so Pinnacle Overlook was the, the next stop. And then after that, we kind of dropped down. So as you're driving up, this is kind of a switchback road going up the mountain um, with some pretty tight turns. And so just make sure you stay on your side of the road because uh, you've got a lot of blind turns there. But uh, about midway up the mountain, there is another overlook. It's not named. It just has a one car pull off. Maybe you could fit two compact cars in there. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, just one is ideal. And so we actually took in the fall colors there. And what was nice about uh, dropping down the mountain is that you get a little bit closer to uh, kind of the topography and the trees. So you can see those colors pop just a little bit better. And so we stopped in there for a minute. Uh, it's also a great place if your brakes are overheating to just kind of stop for a little bit and put it in park uh, while they cool down. I smelled some brakes on the way uh, up and down the mountain. And so uh, after that, we kind of we headed 10 miles up the road. Uh, and so what's nice about this region is that there's a lot of hiking across a number of different uh, land managers. And so you have the National Park Service with the National Historical Park. 10 miles up the road on 25E, you've got um, you know Pine Mountain State Resort Park, which is Kentucky's first state park. And so we spent some time there. Uh, we came up, so not through the main entrance, but the second entrance as you're driving that way. Um, this is the entrance that actually takes you up to Chained Rock. And so you pass the cemetery and then you kind of wind your way up the mountain. And, um, and so there's a number of different roadside overlooks with uh, picnic tables and just little spots to kind of sit and uh, sit a spell and enjoy the view. 
We took in as many of those as were unoccupied. Uh, there was a Jeep and a couple other cars and another one. And so we skipped that. But those were great uh, views as well. In fact, uh, the best view of the day was probably from <clears throat> the last overlook on the way up the mountain. Um, it was really nice because you could look out to Cumberland Mountain across the valley. Uh, in the foreground, there was a ton of color, uh, just a big color pocket for the uh, fall colors there, which was really nice. And so that was not, um, a really good stop. And we finished up by going up to uh, Pineville Overlook, which just overlooks the town of Pineville. And so the sun was getting ready to crest uh, on the mountain, and so it was about time for sunset. We didn't go out to Chain Rock. Um, Chain Rock, for me, is much more of a um, morning destination. In fact, I would argue that um, there's no finer view uh, or more interesting view in the, you know, in, at sunrise in Kentucky than right there at Chain Rock. And so normally you have uh, fog flowing through, and it actually just kind of looks like a fog waterfall or a fog fall, I guess you could say, uh, going through there and up 25E uh, going over to Pineville. And so that's a, that's a neat place in the morning. I skipped it, like we skipped it that day just because uh, I knew the sun wasn't going to be exactly right for that. And that's one of the values in being able to go to a park multiple times and knowing kind of where the sun position is going to be, where you're going to be, that kind of stuff. And so we opted for, because <clears throat> it was dinner time, we opted for going to the lodge to have dinner. We thought about going to the Wrigley Tap Room and Corbin, um, but with the sunset and kind of knowing where that was going to be, um, I thought it would be best to just go ahead and have dinner there. And it did not disappoint. And so I put that picture out there on Instagram. It's in the email this week. And uh, you can take a look at that. It's uh, it's absolutely stunning. And so the sun this time of year it sets, um, you know, on the when you're looking out at sunset on the right hand side that's Pine Mountain and it crests out out in the distance um, down the ridge, which is really really pretty. And so uh, I had <clears throat> I of course had a Kentucky Hot Brown for dinner along with the soup and salad bar, and then uh, Lafonda had the sirloin tips along with the soup and salad bar, and we basically crushed that bar as if we had just come off of the Appalachian Trail in the middle of a through hike. So we wrapped up the day there and, uh, you know, headed for home. So for us, it's only three hours from Pine Mountain State Resort Park, getting back to northern Kentucky. So if you're in the Cincinnati area, just know it's not really that far. And it's actually faster and less travel time to get to the southern edge of uh, Pine Mountain than it is to get to the northern edge. Uh, up near breaks. And so <clears throat> you save yourself about an hour uh, in travel time by doing it this way. And it's mainly because you've got fast routes. You can take 75 South, hit 25E, and then uh, boom, you're at the, at the park after about three hours drive. Um, if you're coming from Lexington, you can cut off about another 50 minutes. If you're coming from Louisville, it's about the same amount of time, three hours. So it's a great place. Um, I would say that I, I would be totally fine spending the entire month of October um, just in this one area. There's plenty of hiking out there. So you've got uh, the Kentucky State Park, you've got the National Park, and then you have the Kentucky State Forest, which is adjacent to uh, Pine Mountain State Resort Park. You also have uh, Blanton uh, Forest State Nature Preserve, uh, which has Knobby Rock, one of the coolest uh, landforms in Kentucky. Um, along with old growth forest and just uh, really just an amazing uh, variety of mushrooms there, especially this time of year. So, you know, you take a look. That was a great way to spend the day. You start the day on the beach, you finish the day in the mountains, and then, you know, just a short little three-hour drive uh, to finish the, you know, finish the drive home. So that's it for the hiking for that day. It was a wonderful day. Can't recommend it enough. If you take the detour, it's only adding maybe a half hour to your travel time. Um, from Hilton Head. So if you go to Hilton Head, 
you know, Savannah, um, Tybee Island, you know, any of those points uh, around that area. Um, this is a great way to uh, kind of finish out your drive coming home. All right, and so on the skills segment today, we're going to talk about revisiting areas and kind of the importance of that. So there's a lot of value in coming back to a hiking region and really getting to know the area. The, you know, the geography is one thing so that you know where you're going and you don't get lost and it makes it a lot easier um, just kind of getting around from point to point, knowing where different things are to be more efficient with your time so you can pack in more stuff um, while you're out there. The other part is that um, if you visit across all the seasons, and I do like all the seasons, all right, um, you really get to uh, understand kind of what the park's gonna look like or what, what a particular hike is gonna feel like um, when you're out there, you'll know where the sun position is for sunrise and sunset, um, different times of day to be in different, uh, to do different hikes. Um, so for example, in Pine Mountain State Resort Park, it is one of my favorite of the Kentucky State Parks. There are three different arches on the property. There's a waterfall, which of course is dry right now because it's been, this is dry season. Um, and then you have Chain Rock, which is just a spectacular sunrise view. Sunset, you can take in from the lodge um, or from Pineville Overlook. And then uh, in addition to that, there are some other big views during the day. You can go to the Narrows Overlook, which kind of uh, takes you out um, up to this uh, little knob um, that overlooks the gap in Pine Mountain. And so that's really cool. And then it also has one of my favorite creeks, probably my favorite creek in anywhere in Kentucky, which is Clear Creek. And that is a wonderful fitness trail. It's an old rails to trails uh, type thing, one of the original gangsters in that realm. And so that is a uh, phenomenal fitness trail, uh, extra wide, of course. Um, just be careful on the, uh, on the railroad crossings um, because the, the boards are not always you know, 100%. So just make sure that you're paying attention when you're out there. Um, but you know, you take a look at that park, that's one part of it. And then you have the national park down the road. There is no camping at Pine Mountain State Resort Park. Camping's kind of far away, um, at Cumberland Gap. You kind of got to go across the mountain and then up the road away, a ways. And so I actually usually wind up camping at the state forest, which is next door, um, to the state park. And, you know, you can camp wherever you can find a spot out there. And, um, and so I've always kind of camped there and it's been a nice place. You can also stay at the lodge, um, which is pretty nice. But you know, when you revisit these areas, it's, it's neat because you'll know where to be at different times of day um, to really take advantage of whatever scene is being provided by mother nature. And so, um, you know, a lot of tourist hikers will come in, they'll look for kind of like top 10 lists or top five lists and that kind of stuff. Go do the highlight hikes at random times of day. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe you do a little bit more planning, kind of get an idea um, in advance. But there are just certain um, <clears throat> ways that you kind of get to know an area and you just get a, you get a feel for it. And then eventually that turns into better hikes, you know, better trips and just, you know, more fun while you're out there. OK, so revisiting areas can't recommend it enough. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been down, um, you know, on Pine Mountain, Red River Gorge, Big South Fork. I mean, just so many different times. And it's mainly because I love those areas. They provide such a wide range of, of uh, scenes, you know, everything from arches to waterfalls to the overlooks. And then, of course, the forest composition um, this time of year during, you know, the fall uh, colors it varies widely from one region to the next. And so you even get a feel for what the colors are gonna look like uh, over the years. So uh, if you have you know, kind of been to a few different hiking uh, places, uh, it always pays to go back again and again 
uh, over time, even you know, going back and rehiking the same hikes, the same loops, the same out and backs, um, there's still value to it. And in my estimation, especially when you're short on time like we were, um, it really helps out because you can maximize your time because uh, we only had maybe two hours out there um, to run around. And we still were able to hit, I think, uh, maybe a half dozen different overlooks, which was nice. So anyway, so this is, uh, that's the skill segment. You know, it pays big time to go out and revisit areas. The next thing is on the Leave No Trace segment, the last podcast we talked about, um, Kevin James and the Tar Ridge, uh, quote unquote, uh, wildfire. Of course, it's actually the Tar Ridge human fire in Red River Gorge. And uh, I looked on the uh, Daniel Boone National Forest website and uh, on, under the alerts and notices, and so you can just go to fs.usda.gov slash alerts slash dbnf slash alerts dash notices, or a lot easier, you can just type in to your search dbnf, as in Daniel Boone National Forest, alerts, and then this will come up. So the Tar Ridge wildfire, uh, so it was originally posted to the website on October 17th, uh, in the intervening 10 days as of, let's see, 1.45 Eastern Standard Time on uh, the 25th, which was just two days ago, the fire is 50% contained at 14 and a half acres. So from the website, it says the Tar Ridge wildfire is located in Menifee County along a remote ridgeline in the Red River Gorge geological area on the Cumberland Ranger District. The fire was reported on uh, October the 11th at 0.23 acres in size. Despite helicopter-supported water drops, the fire crossed over the ridge the weekend of October 15th and dropped onto a lower bench. Notices. Traffic cones have been placed along nearby Kentucky 77 to preserve access for official vehicles. Exercise caution if traveling through the area and prepare for stops. Drone activities are prohibited in the vicinity for the duration of the wildfire. Firefighting aircraft fly at the same altitudes as recreational drones, which creates the potential for collisions. If a drone is spotted over or near a wildfire, fire managers will be forced to suspend aerial wildfire suppression efforts until it has left the airspace. In other words, don't fly any drones. Don't get in the way of people that are out there trying to put this fire out. And the fact is, this came from a, uh, an escaped campfire. And I always love that. It's like, oh, it escaped. It's like, well, did it? You know, I mean... So it's, it's more or less like, uh, you know, somebody builds a, builds a campfire, they leave it, it's still hot, you know, uh, it, you know, the fire sparks, and then next thing you know, you know, it's weeks later, and, uh, and it's still going. And so wildfires are difficult to put out to start with. And let's be honest, when it comes to uh, fire uh, suppression in uh, Red River Gorge and Kentucky in general, we do not employ the same level of stuff um, that you would see out west. And so uh, the firefighting capabilities are less in this area than they are out west. And it's mainly because we do generally have smaller fires, but this one, it looks like they're just gonna, it's gonna continue burning for a while longer. And so, you know, right now, so it started out at 0.23 acres. It is now at 14 and a half acres. And so when you take a look at the math on that, what is that? That is uh, 60 times uh, the original size when it was reported. And so it doesn't take a long time. Fortunately, um, you know, it is a little bit cooler right now, so that helps out. Um, would definitely love to have some rain to finish this thing off. But this just goes back to the same thing. You know, this is fire season in Kentucky. It has been dry as a bone, and that is part of why we had such a wonderful uh, early fall with the colors changing and then the colors lasting for a really long time. It's because we didn't have waves of rain and wind to knock down the leaves. 
Um, and so when you take a look out there, it's, it's super dry. Um, when it's been, you know, all you have to do is just when you're walking around uh, the campground, when you take a look at the soil or you feel it, if it is, you know, I mean, it's dusty um, and you got plenty of leaves all around. So if you're there, make sure that you uh, clean everything off. I would probably only use developed fire rings at this point. Um, you know, and outside of that, I just wouldn't do any uh, fire in the dispersed camping areas out there. Um, just take in the stars. I mean, we've had plenty of clear nights uh, out there. And so just enjoy the Milky Way. Um, maybe grab a picture if you've got a fancy camera or if you have like a Google Pixel that has the night sight. Um, that's also nice because you can catch some pictures there. But, you know, wildfires, uh, I hate that term. I kind of hate that as much as loving an area to death. Those are right up there uh, neck and neck for me as far as worst uh, vernacular. And so this is not a wildfire. This is a human fire, you know, and it was just simply from a uh, campfire that was not contained and put out properly. And just like in last week's episode, or, or two weeks ago, um, all you have to do is make sure that the fire is dead out, bring plenty of water with you. Don't build fires in places without water sources nearby, because Lord knows you're not going to be carrying enough water to properly put out a fire. Um, and I'm pretty sure you're not going to be uh, bringing a shovel and burying the fire either, um, you know, and building a mound fire. It's nobody does that. Let's be honest. All right. I love uh, the idea of it. Just nobody does. So anyway, um, that is the Leave No Trace segment. And, uh, and so the fundraising update, the total donated to Kentucky Natural Lands Trust now stands at a big old 320 bucks or 32% to goal. This has been the Kentucky Hiker Project podcast. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode, submit an ad, or give a shout out to one of your fellow hikers, go to the podcast page at kentuckyhiker.org slash podcast and hit the sponsor an episode link. I can write the ad copy or you can do it yourself. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your next hike. Um, and as far as Billy hikes goes, this is installment number one. So we're going to do a series of five and I'll probably space them out. But thanks so much to Billy uh, for sponsoring the podcast and helping out to provide or to secure another acre for the good guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one.